We're sitting here in the city hall with my long-term inspirational local architect man shaping town, Mr. Dean Grandin, who is retiring from his job here at City Hall. Mr. Grandin, can you tell everybody what you do here at City Hall? That's a good question, Brendan. A lot of people ask that question. I would uh, <laughs> say that I'm, at first and foremost, I have multiple titles, but my first title is Planning Division Manager. Okay. Uh, but that uh, is a kind of a misnomer. I manage a section within the Economic Development Department, but I'm Planning Official, Planning Director for the City of Orlando. It's a big name tag. Okay, and you're retiring now after, is it 20 years or 15 years? 20 years. 20 years with the city of Orlando after shaping the city skyline. Grandiose maybe, but very true. Uh, you've had your finger in a lot of the projects that have come through in the last 20 years. Well, thank you for saying that. I, I would like to say that I, I've had a part in that process. All architecture, all design is a collaborative effort. It, it's a combination of planners, architects, landscape architects, engineers. Not one person does any particular thing. That's such an academic and wonderful way to look at it. Because I can tell when, when people, everyone that has worked with you, and I've been covering this beat probably for five years, but uh, you, I, we were talking about off, off mic, uh, you were critiquing like my senior project at Rollins College, and you were very nice to me, and you shouldn't have been. Uh, anyone that has anything to say about you, it's all about how you're very pro-people-level uh, development, you have great taste, walkability is a big thing, and just like good urban design is something that you really want to see happen when applying to the city of Orlando. Yeah, and that's really a challenge for the development community and for, for us as well. The, the bottom line is that a lot of projects and the people who are developing the projects, wants, they want to get them designed, built, and then move on. As fast as possible. As fast as possible. But the fact of the matter is once that building is built, it's not there for just a year or two. It's there for decades, if not more. So we've got to... To the extent that we can slow things down, I don't mean slow things down to the point where the development doesn't happen, but slow things down so we can at least have those reasonable discussions, figure out design t details, and get it right, because we don't have a second chance once the building is built. Right. We don't have to demo it or start over. And I don't have that money. <laughs> no. Maybe, maybe somebody else Hopefully they don't either. It's a lot of money just to be thrown around. Uh, you have had a history of in this in industry since what? Yonkers was that forty years ago? Is that what I was reading? That is correct. The only thing I know about Yonkers is Hello Dolly was set there. Yes, it was right. One of my favorite shows, but, <laughs> but that's besides the point. Um, I grew up in New York City and Yonkers, and okay. I had the unusual opportunity to actually become an entry level planner in Yonkers right out of school from NYU. Wow. <laughs> And that's in, that's in 1975 that I started in Yonkers. A fresh-faced Dean Grandin making right. things happen in New York. I thought it was going to be a one or two-year stint. I was there 15 years and grew from entry-level planner to planning director. And then you moved to Miami Beach? That's correct. And then Orlando. So what are some differences that you can, just off the top of your head, are there a, what are the big differences between those three cities? Uh, Yonkers, uh, a very uh, dense it's only 21 square miles, has the same population as uh, as Orlando did when I first got here. Wow. About 205,000, 210,000 people. Um, Yonkers, uh, very, from a top topography standpoint, very hilly. 
uh, right next to New York City, um, very old, industrial, great historic uh, neighborhoods, uh, but a relationship to water. It was, it's on the Hudson River. Um, and what's interesting is um, when I went to my beach, I thought, oh my gosh, this is a whole different environment. Well, not really. It's still very urban, has relationship to water, surrounded by water. Um, uh, but, and it also had the historic component, the Art Deco district and all the other things that makes Miami Beach so um, interesting as a city. I guess that kind of came through. One of the biggest projects I think that you worked on was, the, uh, was with the Baldwin Park development, uh, which you actually chose to live in, right? Which I love. Obviously, you think it was a good project if you chose to live there. Uh, but they have a really interesting relationship to the water, and they, it seems like they kind of mimicked that uh, the original master plan for Orlando. What was that, Bartholomew? Of Harlem Bartholomew Project. <laughs> you know what's interesting about water, and I hadn't really even thought about it until you just asked this question, is that um, great cities, great communities do have relationship to water. I think it's important. Closer. A little closer to your face there, Dean. Important, <laughs> important to have that relationship um, with water bodies. And even in Orlando, we have our lakes. If it were not our lakes, uh, we wouldn't have the character of our historic districts and the area that surrounds Lake Yola downtown. They, they provide a place of relief within the, in the midst of a very urban environment and provide a, a good place for recreation and an opportunity to have vistas and views that you wouldn't have otherwise. The Harlem Bartholomew plan is always touted because it, it saved uh, those lake fronts as public spaces for city of Orlando residents. And it's funny that you can see the difference if you just go to like Winter Park just up the street, uh, which is all of those lakes just serve as beautiful backyards for people with big houses. Uh, so thank you for expanding that also then to the new projects like Baldwin Park. Well, I'd like to take credit for that. The growth management plan actually, when I came here, called for that. And okay. it's actually a follow through from the original Harlem Bartholomew plan. And You're too humble to say you did it all by yourself. Well, I'd like to. <laughs> we, we, have, we haven't removed it from the plan. Okay. And, 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 and here's the other point I want to make. Yes, we've done a lot of things since I've been here, but we started out with a, a long proud heritage of planning in Orlando and um, there were lots of what I would call good bones and good approaches that we just improved upon rather than having to scrap them and start all over again. So with some of these newer projects Dean like say the yard or creative village in the packing district how are you applying those principles and those ideas of good bones to these newer larger scale projects? Well, and I've talked about this before, I'm very much in favor of what I would call real architecture and creating a real place. Sure. And uh, the projects you just described, the yard, the packing district, even Ball and Park, we're, we're not creating just a, a series of buildings. We're creating a, pl a place where people, it's identifiable as a place, it's unique as a place, it's comfortable as a place, and it's a place where people want to either live or shop or work. And to do that is, is not just about the buildings, it's about all the public spaces that surround those buildings and the context within which the project is being built. It's interesting with the, everybody's excited about the abundance of park space that's going to be put into uh, like the packing district, but it's, I know it's also because of its proximity to that watershed and just having to keep a lot of... Uh... Right, but we've pushed and, and held the line on 20% of the city being maintained as open space. And uh, it's something that we don't talk about much, but the fact of the matter is we have an opportunity to do that because of our, our water bodies and some of the wetlands that we have in the city. 
but we also have to be protective of our uplands as well. And keeping spaces as natural areas is important to the fabric of a community. I love everything you're talking about. <laughs> everything you just, all of our urban nerds listening right now are clapping their hands. Uh, you shaped a lot of, we've already said this, you shaped a lot of our skyline and our streetscape. Uh, what are some of the projects that you're most proud of that you had an impact on since you've been Man, here? That's, that's a tough question. There must be a couple that you just keep close to your heart that you're like, yeah, well, I made that I love happen. Baldwin Park only as it, because it, it was taken from nothing. I mean, the, the Naval Training Center that was there was completely demolished and, and the site rebuilt and reshaped into a community. But what I like about that community most is not, not just the architecture and the, and the scale and the, and the mixing of uses, but the fact that it reintegrated that area back into the city by connecting all those street connections. The same thing is true of Creative Village and what's happening there right now. It's quite remarkable. Uh, before you had the Amway Arena, and uh, it was kind of like the rock in a stream, and everybody had to go around the rock. Well, the rock is gone, so you can now let the water flow through the area like it was meant to. What a metaphor. You're a poet. Well, maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, it's something that's really important. And, and in places even like, like Nona and Medical City, um, those are vast, large areas. And how do you create a sense of community in an area that stretches for miles, essentially? It's, it's, it's big enough to be a city unto itself. But creating the new town center, creating the um, neighborhoods, creating all those interconnections is really important. And you're a nice guy, so I'm going to ask you a, maybe a hard question. You can just tell me no and move on. But right. were there any projects that you think missed anything, like a missed opportunity? There are some projects that could have been better. Uh, And and again, it really comes down to not so much the planning. I think we got the planning right. This is why I keep on being a stickler on architecture and the use of good quality materials and durable materials. Um, There's a tendency here in Florida, it's not just Orlando, where things are seen as disposable. You know, you, you throw them up and in a quick period of time, and then after 20 years after the building's been amortized, they can be knocked down. But they don't get knocked down. They stay. And that the fact of the matter is, if you go to other cities where brick and stone and other materials are used, there's a sense there that things are more permanent. Sure. I think Florida is, is so transitory and so changing so quickly, people are not thinking about what are we going to be like 25, 50, 100 years from now. Kind of, and you, that's interesting. I guess that might also allude to some of the roles that you have like with historic preservation commissions here locally and well actually yes and um, part of my job is uh watching over the uh, historic preservation coordination for the city richard forbes is the historic preservation coordinator but i think one of the reasons i was attracted to this job and one of the reasons why i was probably selected was that i had a history of historic preservation not only in miami beach but in yonkers where we created the landmarks ordinance the fact of the matter is you can't look at a city solely as new development you have to really respect its past as well and I think the historic districts that we have in, in Orlando are quite remarkable. And they're actually much larger than anybody who doesn't know about them would expect. I think it's easier to keep residents in one place and, and fight that transitory thing if you make the architecture look like it's actually been well, here. Those, and those, <laughs> those, those, the, those neighborhoods, are, are, they're a testament to how something can withstand the test of time. They are ageless because they have real architecture, good architecture, and they're as good now as they were 50 years ago. Are there any projects coming down the line that you're sad that you're going to be missing out on? Well, I would love to see the packing district come to fruition. I will, I will see some of the beginning phases. And certainly the things that are happening down at Lake Nona will continue. 
and of course downtown. Mm-hmm. Downtown is is exploding in many ways, and uh, we now understand what's happening not just within the downtown core, but at the edges of downtown where our hospitals are. Both uh, Advent Health and Orlando Health are going to be doing substantial expansions beyond what they've already done. And it's going to be quite amazing and transformative to the skyline and to how these areas are going to function. We haven't covered much of what the health campuses are doing because they're notoriously tight, tight-lipped and they don't answer blogger emails. I probably said too much. Right? <laughs> we know that something's happening and we'll find out. <laughs> uh, we know, since you are retiring, Dean, in case anyone's just tuning in, uh, can you give a little bit of info on who's going to be replacing you? I'm hearing it's a, it's a team effort. It is a team effort, and it's kind of saddening that there are two people needed to replace me, which means <laughs> I probably should have asked for some more help. So humble. Yeah. But, oh, true. Uh, the great news about um, my replacements is that they've been with this city a long time, uh, and I, I've had the, op- the opportunity and pleasure of working with these folks and working with them side by side. We have come to a common uh, thought process, if I could call that. Not a mind meld, but more <laughs> of a, uh, a, a way of, of agreeing to even disagree sometimes, but coming to a common conclusion. So Elizabeth Dang, who is uh, now heading up uh, comprehensive planning, will become the new planning director for the city. Wonderful. And uh, be ably assisted by Jason Burton, who will become the assistant pl- uh, pl- planning director. And Jason's been heading up our community planning studio for the last 10 years with fabulous hair for every day of those 10 years uh thank you i know we've we've eaten up a lot of your time but i want to play a little game with you before you go all right can are you up for it i guess so all right we have your wrangler right next to us in case you get anything naughty she has a cane (laughs) (laughs) if you if you get pulled off air then it's not your fault don't worry about it we're gonna play a little word association game i'm gonna say the name of a development and you say the first thing that comes to mind and we're going to keep track in case you say anything dirty. Vertical medical city. Uh, very aggressive in its design. It's actually quite attractive. I'm not sure it's feasible, uh, but we'll see. Great diplomatic answer. I love it. Orlando Magic Complex. Love to see it happen. Uh, is this a one answer? A one word? <laughs> a, whatever comes. You I, w- I would say I'd love to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is I don't know if it's intense enough. It may not be large enough. Uh, one thing we've learned about downtown and projects like that, you need to have critical mass. And I think, frankly, the, the magic and have been slow to move forward on that project, probably recognizing the same thing. They want to make sure when they get it or mm-hmm. when it's done, it's done right. And that there's enough energy there that it's not going to be just a place to go after a game. It's a place you can go during the day, any other time when the arena may not be used. Just up the street, the under eye. Well, uh, Doug Metzger on on my staff helped design that. That is a really, really exciting project. It will allow for the downtown core to be connected to Paramore and, and create a village and the cultural district on Church Street. I think there's a real opportunity there to recreate a, basically a, the new center living room for Orlando. And it's going to be a place where people are going to want to hang out and enjoy um, all the things that it will be providing in terms of a mix of uh, recreation and, and uh, places just to relax. I'm silently clapping my hands right now. Uh, X Orlando, the Golden Sparrow. It's a big project. Mm-hmm. My concern all along is is that it's not fully completed. And 
like any phase project, we want to make sure that each phase can stand on its own. Our code requires it, but it's one thing to require it in code. It's another thing to design it so that you don't end up with a blank wall uh, when only part of the project's been built. Um, when it's all said and done, it's actually a very progressive architectural style. Uh, it's different than what we anything else we have in Orlando, uh, but it's something that we're finding in other cities. So if it were to happen, it would be quite exciting for the downtown area. Uh, the Travel Lodge, downtown Hilton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you threw me because you called it the Travel Lodge. That's the existing site. Mm -hmm. uh, the, that project actually is it's, it's a good transitional project. We've struggled with it in terms of the materials and because it's an interface between the historic district to the east and the downtown core to the west. Um, and I think we've got the right mix. Um, we'll see how it comes along. Uh, I think the project is is in for permitting. It may have already received its permits. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it looks. All right. Uh, the Magnolia Hotel, which is next to the Greek Orthodox. Um, the Magnolia Hotel. Oh, oh no. You, you got No, the, did I get it wrong? You got it wrong. <gasps> Fake news. All right. We'll, no, we'll, well, there was a Magnolia Hotel uh, on uh, Anderson. Okay. But that that's not happening. You're talking about the hotel oh, at Oh, right. Correct. Yeah. So not the, uh, no. I was talking about the hotel at Jefferson by Deeply yeah. Coffee. We hope that happens. That's, that's very um, kind of deco and uh, inspired, very much Miami Beach. Uh, we have not heard or seen anything um, since the plans were approved. We keep dipping their toe in. Yeah. Uh, the yard, the second phase. The second phase. Mm -hmm. Phase two, which will build up around the hideaway. Crosswind. Okay. okay. I'm, I, it's not clear whether that will actually happen. But I think what's, what is clear is that the development demand in that area is going to continue. And if you haven't seen the project across the street from the yard that's under construction right now, um, Broadstone, the lake, the mm -hmm. lake house at um, uh, that that area is intensifying in terms of its uh, density, and it's going to change if the feel and 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 the functioning of that neighborhood. But it's pretty exciting also because you've got the the commercial core, the main street, the Ivanhoe Village main street which is so vital already, it's only going to become more so with all the people that are living there. And then the packing district. Packing district is probably one of the most interesting projects we've had in a long time because they're really trying to take advantage of what was there historically, but build new as well and truly make it into a mixed-use corridor uh, and a mixed-use neighborhood. We have a similar vision for the area south of downtown. We've often called it Funky Town. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to call the You planners. District. <laughs> we have a wild sense of humor. But the bottom line is that uh, the packing district has an opportunity to be the same thing in terms of this eclectic mix of industrial, residential, retail, and office. And there'll be some hotels in there as well. So you're going to have a mix of uses as well as architecture. And I think the vision is to keep as many of the older buildings as possible and then integrate new construction in between. Food halls. But Food yeah. halls. Uh, you're going to find, yeah. Super loft, public. Loft type. Uh, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You, <laughs> don't know the, uh, that was almost an a gotcha. Store. No, uh -huh. no, no. Okay. But, but the bottom line here is that you're going to see a real interesting mix of uses. And I think, and this is something that uh, Dr. Phillips is very much dedicated towards. They want to have a place that's unique and, and not chains. They, they want to have uh, homegrown businesses in that area so that when you go there, you're going to a unique Orlando place and not just a recreated a shopping mall 
or a residential area from some other city. Dean, I don't think this is the last we're going to see of you. I've, I've heard you say we all through this interview. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens next, even in your retirement. I'm sure we'll be seeing your face a lot. Thank you, Brendan. Thanks for, thanks for coming.